Hey everybody, welcome to another week of the Soccer Thread Podcast. I'm Dan Schrader. I'm in Portland, Oregon. Um, Mike is here. He's, are you, Mike, Mike, tap, tap, the tin can. Are you there? Are you there? <laughs> yeah, it's me, me, me. I'm in the tin can. Uh, you know, I, I did some audio tests. I didn't seem to be in the tin can when I did my test, but I also didn't change anything. So I'm probably still in the tin can. Uh, but more importantly, a little weather update. It was hot. Yeah. It was hot today. Ooh. And your boy, like a goddamn idiot, uh, decided he was going to get back into playing 11 aside, 90-minute games. And wow. this, this was your boy's second game. And, oh, my God, I was tired, sweaty, heavy-legged. Uh, just, oh, I just, I just realized, what am I doing? Why am I playing 11 aside soccer yeah. when... It's not fun. I don't like it. Did Stick you, to bowling. Do you did, know how old you are? Yeah. I'm far too old. It's us, not even about age. It's about a disinterest in physical activity. I hear you. You know, if how I were one of you guys who you ran play? like 25 miles every week, probably more, you guys probably run like 50 miles a week. Whoa. Uh, what are you talking about? You like put some respect on my name. I don't do anything. I know you, you run some, Ryan. No, oh boy. It's been a long time. I run. <laughs> I run. I run like once in a blue moon. This is the content everyone is here for. Look, we're just no one runs less than me on this thread. Fitness. <laughs> I, you are fit, damn it. Mike, how many minutes did you play today? Of the four, of the forty-five minutes, so ninety-minute games, how many minutes I, did you play? I mean, I must have played at least seventy. You know, we had three Holy subs, which is shit. which is nice. Uh, but yeah, you're just you're getting a lot of minutes in. There's there's no way to avoid it unless you fake an injury and. I just feel like I'm already out there. I might as well just just run around like an idiot. And yeah, that's kind I mean, of what that's I did. What, that's why you're there. Although, I mean, tell me tr- about this. Truthfully, league. by the end, I was not running very much. Mike, at your age, running. you don't have to fake an injury. I'm just saying. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> guys. Get an injury. I'm out of here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, tell me about this league, and tell me about where you play on the field uh, in this league. Uh, this league, I would say, is is it's a okay level. Uh, you know, it's people who are all, I would say, generally pretty competent at soccer. You know, not a lot of studs. Uh, this isn't this isn't your like Carson Gorky level league, uh, okay. but it's it's real soccer players uh, or former soccer players in the case of of me. And uh, yeah, I've been playing a lot of outside wing where I can really take advantage of my pace, just That's blistering pace running. down the line. Oh my god, that's so much running! You need to move yeah. into the middle. Well, it could be so much running. I know. I'm trying oh. to get in the middle. But um, unfortunately, just you know, some some seniority bullshit. Uh, the wing we, is so good because there's space out there, though. You can take a touch, look up. Everything's in front of you. You don't have to be looking behind you. The wing is a really nice place to be. Yeah, we, it's uh, good as long as the other, the player, the opposite winger or fullback, you know, decides they're not going to try and run by me. Because if that happens, it's just over. It's over. Would you point. would you say that you're uh, box to box, box to half field? Box to the top of the circle. What? How? What's our running? How far? Are I would going? say if you can imagine, kind of like a lacrosse field. Um, mm-hmm. Isn't isn't lacrosse field? Do they have? Do they have like third third markings yeah. or, or like a hockey That's rink? Right. If you imagine like okay. a hockey rink. Yeah, I'm blue line to blue um, line. Yeah, blue line to blue line. Occasionally, I'll I'll get into the uh, you know 
the attacking or defensive uh, areas, but I really like that center of the field. That's a good place for me. A real a, a wing shuttler. That's a super important position. Yep. I did have one nice cross, so I was happy with that. I feel like if I can have one nice thing I do every game, that's um, that's a win for me. From 40 yards out and deep. No, from, from the end line. I somehow got all the way to the end line. Oh, my it God. Was, wow. It was exhausting. You must have been lost. <laughs> You must have been lost. Like, oh, God, and I have to run so far back just to be in my normal spot. This is not what I you, want. You're probably right, right at the blue line and then took a touch and it went all the <laughs> way to the end line. So then you had to chase it down. The uh, issue yeah. with having the nice cross is that's the reason why you come back next week because you're going to be like, I still got it. It's like uh, it's like getting a birdie in a golf in like a terrible round. But then you're like, oh, I got a birdie. So, you know, I can do this. No, it, uh, it's so more should, like it's more like chipping back. in for eight from the bunker. And you're like, you know what? If I can just do that every single time, I'll be okay. So that was my day. Oh, that's so good. Uh, Ryan Palmer's in Portland. I don't think we got around to everybody yet. Speaking of weather updates, I mean, that was not much of a weather update. That was more of a, a adult league soccer update. But it rained, it rained here all weekend. And uh, for a city that doesn't, well, that gets rain all the time. That rain is pretty normal. We have not had rain here for a long time. And uh, the people here went nuts. It was like they were out celebrating in the streets. It was wild. It were was they wild. singing in the rain? They were singing in the rain. I, people were No tweeting. umbrellas, though. No umbrellas. Just chore- choreographed rain jacket Absolutely. Uh, it was, stuff. It was amazing. It was like um, people were tweeting about, like, what should I wear out in the rain? It was like, obviously, a raincoat. Like, what are you doing? This is... <laughs> It was wild. It was. It was. Uh, but it was very nice. It was nice to have a rainy weekend. I, Super nice. I just want to say because the run order is a little short, so I feel like we can really riff on stuff that's not soccer. That okay. I I really despise people who are anti umbrella. I'm just gonna throw it out there. Sorry, Portland. Um, I know that's I, that might be you guys, but I hate an umbrella. To be honest with you, <sighs> what it, it's just another thing that you have to carry, and it's like. You, breaking it that's down. like saying like just, shoes are another thing you have to carry no it's not it's like, because yeah, i wear you have shoes. to carry it because it's very useful i i wear the shoes if it doesn't rain then i don't i don't get any use out of the umbrella and then I if it doesn't rain that's because it. you had the umbrella if you hadn't have had it it would have rained that's how this thing works <laughs> uh i'm anti-umbrella all right i'm with mike on this one if you just wear a raincoat then you just get a wet line like right on your thighs and mm-hmm. then you're still wet. Like, if it's really raining, you need an umbrella just to get from your car to wherever you're going and stay dry. And I know it's not the Portland thing, but also the people that are all about this are like the uh, the real grumpy old Portland. I can't believe how bad traffic is. All these people from California. It's the same people. They can shove it, man. Yeah. Nobody needs that kind of person in, in pa- their city, in their life. Palmer's just trying to fit in with his anti-umbrella crusade. Uh, Listen, I've I've always been anti umbrella. Uh, I don't like umbrellas. It's just another thing for me to lose and then be upset that I lost. So, I'll tell you what I won't lose: my rain jacket. <laughs> there it is. Uh, I wish I had a warm up because, like you said, did any soccer happen that we care about? We'll find out. Uh, but I don't have a warm up, which means I think we're straight into emails. Straight into emails. Uh, first email, man. This is going to be a tough one to cover because it's a very visual email. But uh, it's not our first foray into trying to discuss visual things on this podcast. 
We're also not our not first. our last even on this episode. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Uh, email from Pedro. He says he sent us a tweet uh, of a uh, Mexican national team slash national federation potential rebrand. Uh, and he said, if this rebrand happens, I'm going to F riot. Appreciate you not cursing, Pedro. This is definitely a family friendly <laughs> show. Uh, and I guess, you know, I'll just kind of vaguely describe these and you guys can get more into them. Uh, there's there's four options that Pedro sent. They all prominently feature an eagle. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they all have a soccer ball and they all say, well, actually one. No, they all say Mexico on them. Uh, but yeah, guys, first of all, does does the Mexican Soccer Federation, Football Federation need a rebrand? And then if it does to any of these tickle your fancy palmer i i do not think they need a rebrand i like their current badge um and if they were to have a rebrand they got to be better than the current brad badge and none of these are great uh one of them looks as it's not an eagle it looks like a dragon uh (laughs) with like a spider web as wings uh terrible terrible uh selection for that one um but yeah i I always feel like these rebrands always go poorly. Um, Thread Consulting LLC, if you need us, uh, we will help you. But don't rebrand. These are bad. Um, just not great. And what? Why? What? What is the reason for this? So I'd say no. I'm with Pedro. Dan, the the current the current crest from Mexico features the classic black and white soccer ball, which I would say, personally, I love. I love it a crest. Uh, it's very folksy. Uh, the the four rebrand options, I would say one, maybe two, has the black and white soccer ball. How do you feel about the black and white soccer ball in a crest? And then extrapolate that opinion into what Pedro sent to us. I like a black and white soccer ball in the crest. I, I do think it's classic. Uh, I don't mind the like really old, the ones that look almost like a volleyball. That's mm. also okay with me. Um. But then the whole crest itself has to feel like it's 100 years old. Uh, and none of these are doing that for me. The current crest uh, has some gold, has some red, has some green. Says, uh, you know, Selección Nacional de México. Also has the words Pasión and Argulo. What is Argulo? Orgullo. It means pride. Orgullo, pride. I like that. I see absolutely nothing wrong with the current crest. Uh, I think I'm with Palmer on this. If you're going to rebrand, it's got to be better than what you got. And none of these are. I feel like Mexico has such a great crest in their flag already, in their national flag. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's just, boom, just take that, throw it on there, throw a little black and white soccer ball in there, you know, maybe a little pride and passion on the side or whatever. And you've got just a phenomenal crest. And... Again, very consulting LLC. Like we can provide these kind of obvious answers for you, and you can pay us a lot of money. I mean, you could say that the current crest has parts of the the uh, flag crest or um, yeah. flag logo. It looks as the though eagle the, is the very similar. The eagle similar. It looks at it might be grabbing a snake, um, which I think is on the Mexico flag, um, and none of these proposed uh crests have any of that so 
uh, keep it. It's a good. It's a good crest. The U.S. The U.S. crest is bad. Oh, this God, is a good so crest. Bad. Don't don't change it. I like it. Though there's the top <laughs> visual uh, description, but the top right looks very similar to like Germany's crest, which you know you don't want to be point. biting. You don't want to be biting anybody's style. So yeah. you know, no need. This is this is uh, this is this is no need. Don't do yeah, it. Yeah, that that one has a very kind of um, Third Reich feel to it. Mm-hmm. So yeah. um, I don't I don't love it. I would say that would no. be my least favorite of the yeah, full post. Yeah. Uh, in in the defense of you know whoever is supportive of this rebrand, all of the things that Pedro sent us are in black and white, so you lose a little bit of the, you know, maybe the nuance. But um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, also in defense, none of these are terrible. So, so except, you know, for Pedro- <laughs> <laughs> except for the third right one. Except for the third right one. Pedro's ready to riot. I I mean I don't have any like uh emotional tie to the current crest. F- fair, I understand. But also I'm not riding over any of these. I'm pretty indifferent. They're all fine. Yeah. They're fine. They're all they're all better than the US soccer equivalent right now, no, which that's is certainly true. That's certainly true. Which is not great. Not great at all. These are you also this has to be because somebody is being employed as a like a branding specialist for uh, L Tree. These people are just trying to keep to keep themselves in a job, you know. Yeah, it's you, yeah. it's somebody who probably uh, you know used to work for like Ogilvy's or some kind of big marketing company, and then they're tossing their buddy at Ogilvy a job, and then as soon as this contract is done, they're going to go back to Ogilvy and just you know make a lot of money. So yeah, this is. You know, bureaucracy and and uh, capitalism and it's worse. <laughs> I'll just uh, I'll just uh, move on to the second email. I think Which, after that, what else can you say? That might that might be why Pedro is ready to riot. That's I true. Think. That's what true. we know of Pedro's politics. <laughs> yep, yep. Uh, next email is from Scott Angove. He says, "Yo, thread. These were the three uh, Minnesota women's soccer suggestions from our household. FYI, first is the Minnesota Monarchs." Second is the Twin Cities Esperanza. And third is the Minnesota Boundary Daughters. Uh, so good. Scott says uh, in in parentheses, Boundary Daughters is mad clever, but we moved it down to third based on its gender specificity, potential trans exclusivity, etc. Sometimes it sucks to be on the right team. Um, Dan, how do you feel about, about these three? Uh, Minnesota Monarchs is nice. Esperanza, I don't. What? What? I'm not sorry. As I've already shown off, I don't. My Spanish is not strong. What is that? Uh, that would be Twin Cities Hope, I believe. The Hope, I like that. That's nice. The Boundary Daughters is mad clever. Really good. Uh, I I definitely understand if we have concerns about uh, the gender specificity or exclusionary uh, kind of tones of it, but credit. Credit for how clever that is. I like that a lot. It's a name yeah. that Rudy would be so proud of. Palmer, what, what are your thoughts on these three? I love it. I love the the Boundary Daughters. Um, Minnesota Monarchs is okay, but I don't think that you can take the Monarchs because the Monarchs are a WNBA team. Yeah, mm. that's true. Um, I do like Twin City uh, Esperanza like that, um, but the, the Boundary Daughters are... It's just too, it's very clever. Big fan. Yeah. 
I mean, how do we feel about kind of a, a cheeky, clever nickname for a team? Is that good or is that something that's like, ha ha ha, and then like a year later you're like, oh, this is kind of silly. I mean, I feel like it doesn't, I think it's good if you know Minnesota, but outside of Minnesota, it's going to be a little hard to explain. Um, unlike the Minnesota Blizzard of 91, because that's pretty straightforward. <laughs> like, you, you're not going to have to explain that, you know? Nobody's really confused. <laughs> Scott did uh, say, "Oh, go ahead." Can man. I? I need to take a moment. I did re-listen to some of last week's episode. Uh, Mike, all of your suggestions were really nice. I I feel like I didn't give them enough credit live on the on this last week's show. I just want to tell you, I thought they were all great. <laughs> Colin is not here to defend himself. I think he might have been lacking some sleep. A lot of the stuff he had to say about these names on second listen. Uh, it was a little out there, Colin. I, I, I honestly don't remember what I said, but I'm glad that they hit at the time. I mean, Dan, you, you called the name of the pod Minnesota Mean, so. <laughs> I know. Well, that was the one, but then there were so many others yeah. that Mike came with, and they were all just, they were really good. And uh, Mike, I, I just wanted to give you that credit. I'm still riding for Minnesota Hot Dish or uh, Minnesota Oh, <laughs> Yeah. Minnesota Hot Dish is... Uh, is pretty pretty damn good. Um, Scott also said his St. Paul born and raised wife is so down with the team named the Minnesota Blizzard of 91. She was texting her brothers and sketching logos in a steno pad like a 15-year-old. Uh, Scott, please send us those logos for the love of yeah. God. Uh, see we, will, we will tweet them if you want. We will keep them close to the chest. Uh, you could be you know, a subcontractor for Soccer Thread LLC for this endeavor. Uh, we got to see the logos. You never know. They might end up as Mexico's next, next crest. So, <laughs> Yep. Yep. Uh, so, I mean, does it have to be Blizzard of 91? Because Minnesota Blizzard 91 feels like it's very in the vein of a German team. You know, you've got like Mines 05, yeah. uh, VFL Bochum 1848. Like you stick a little number at the end and that there's, there's previous for that in the world of soccer. Minnesota Blizzard 91. That's a great name. It's great. It's I so like good. It. I'm, I'm not opposed. I'll run it by, I'll run it by uh, the wife. I, she'll probably say no because she doesn't like soccer. Uh, yeah. And she was very specific that it was Minnesota Blizzard of 91, not Minnesota Blizzard of 1991. Uh, There's an apostrophe. <laughs> but uh, um, yeah, I, I could go for that. I think the submissions have officially closed. So uh, hopefully somebody took this and ran with it and submitted it for us. I did not get it in. Yeah, me neither. Yeah. What are you going to do? There's always the next, uh, you know, team owned women's soccer or community owned women's soccer team in Minnesota where we can that's right. submit these. <laughs> uh, that's it. Those are emails. Soccerthread at gmail.com. Beauty. Uh, FIFA came out this week. And said they want to move the World Cup from every four years to every two years. This seems like the least surprising thing ever because FIFA makes billions and billions of dollars from the World Cup and they would like to do it twice as often. Makes sense, right? Uh, the interesting thing was they released along with this statement that they'd like to move the World Cup to every two years. They released some survey results that said, uh, well, and they said that the survey results said a majority of soccer fans would like a two-year, every two-year World Cup. Palmer, is, are you one of that majority? <laughs> no. Is this is that the interesting thing? Or 
I feel like the more interesting thing is, well, I guess this is, uh, this clues you into why these results are probably bullshit. <laughs> um, they, uh, Alexi Lawless was, uh, flown to Qatar, um, to consult on this, uh, a couple weeks ago or last week or something. So Alexi Lawless is the voice of reason, uh, or not the voice of reason, but the person in which FIFA is like, Hey, would you like to have uh, a world cup every two years? Um, and he's the one representing whatever the U S contingent is. Um, they're, they're asking him, um, for his opinion on this. So, uh, if that gives you any clue on, um, you know, how things are going at FIFA, uh, yeah, this is dumb. This is a really, really stupid idea. And I am actually, uh, I have a hot take for you. Um, given Spurs current form, Uh um, I'm going to say that international football is ruining club football and I hate international football. And if it wasn't for the international break, we would have won four games, one, two, three, five games. uh, And we'd be top of the table and all of our players would be okay and not injured and not missing because of quarantine issues and not spending weeks in Croatia. Wow. Um, Take some responsibility. There's your hot take. (laughs) Mike, counterpoint that, please. Counterpoint. What do I want to see more? Brazil play France or Tottenham play Pacos Ferreira or Tottenham play, you know, Watford. Obviously, I want to see Brazil play France. I just find that, you know, and maybe maybe I'm just in a little bit of a lull right now with club football. I just find it so uh, just kind of monotonous and, and unexciting and I just find international football much more, I don't know, much more compelling. And I would much rather see like a, a more limited club season and more international games. I don't even, they don't even have to be Brazil versus France. I'm happy to see, you know, Peru play uh, Korea. Great. Bring it on. You get that. You get that. I don't get that. Yes, you do. You have the Euros, the World Cup. Copa America, Gold Cup, all of those happen every, what, four years, right? So they're going to be split every two years. So you're going to have a competition to watch. But I want more. (laughs) You already get Spurs every year. I'm not even trying to take Spurs every year away from you. I'm just saying, can we just downsize Spurs and club football more generally? I don't think that you want this. Because because it, then it's just going to turn into club football, which you're going to which you get all the time anyway, and so the way that you feel about club football is the way that you're going to feel about international football because you get, you have it all the time. I think you're because I think part of what's so great about international football is tournament style. Everything is tournament style basically. So all the games tend to you know you, you occasionally have a dead rubber in a group match or whatever, but like the games mean more. So maybe if you could just make club football tournament style, I would care more. But just, you know, one game out of 38 on a random Saturday of two teams I don't really care about is not compelling. I will turn on a international game of two teams I don't know anything about just because they tend to be really going, you know, balls to the wall because it's like, yeah, we have, you know, this is a knockout game or this is one out of three games in a, in a um, group stage. 
and this game really, really matters. So for me, I I am much more likely to watch an international game that I don't know anything about compared to you know two random club teams. So that's interesting, actually, that you like the tournament format because I think if this were actually actually we a little bit buried the big lie here, uh, which is that although FIFA tried to represent that everybody wants a World Cup every two years, it turns out that nearly 50% of people like it at four years, but then a little bit more than 50% of people would like it more frequently. And then when asked how much more frequently, it's split between every year, every two years, every three yeah. years. I'm not it's even not... one of the 11% asking for every year World Cup, which I'm not opposed to. <laughs> it's just this. I mean, FIFA came out and was like, everybody wants every two years. That's not true. Like 30% of people want every two years. More people, a plurality, like it at four years. So uh, FIFA just just spinning this real hard. The uh, the other, the framing of this too is like... Uh, the way that FIFA gave the result snapshot, it's like uh, the status quo. Do you want the status quo? Which is like, remember those like old, uh, there was like car commercials that were like, I can't remember the car, but it was like, everything was like drab and you were stuck in traffic. Black and and white. Gray and black and white. And then they're like, or do you want this car? And it like lights came on and they were moving all over the place. This is everything that is bad is, uh, like every four years uh, is represented as a gray bar. And then everything that FIFA wants <laughs> is represented in color. So it's like yeah. status quo, want, want. Yeah. <laughs> or do you want more frequent? <laughs> also, just the wording of the question is, um, do not take into account any other impact of rescheduling. So if, if soccer, if other soccer didn't exist, would you prefer to have more soccer? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's yeah. not the problem. The problem is right. there's so much soccer already that you have to deal with. So back to the point, uh, Mike, you said you like the tournament format, Love it. which couldn't agree more with. But the thing that will, would probably get kicked out if uh, you had more World Cups or more international play in general, you got you have to then look at the club season and figure out how to uh, cut back on the number of games. And probably it's not the league games that are going to get cut back on. It's the community shield. It's well, I mean, that's a one-off game, right? But the yeah, uh, Carabao cup. cup or whatever that's called uh, FA cup. Yeah. Premier league teams will come in later to the FA cup to cut down on the number of games. It'll actually be all the tournaments that will suffer. It won't be the leagues. I would guess. But I feel like those are the games that at least the top level clubs care the least about. Sorry, Palmer. No, this is, but these are the games that you want. You just said that you want tournament style football and they're going to take away tournament style football. And you're like, yeah, that's fine. Take it away. Yeah. But I feel like the issue is that, you know, (laughs) Manchester United or city or whoever, they play their B team for the first two rounds. And then, oh, if they make it to the next round, then they play their full team. So for me, it's just like, well, great. I mean, it seems like, you know, the top teams only care if they get to the quarters or the semis. So like either hat, like either drop them in later kind of to what Dan's point, or do we really need two domestic cups in, you know, in England? Do we really need 
a group stage in the Champions League when, you know, 99% of the time, the, the top two teams are the ones that go through to, you know, it, it, this is all, it's, it's all about money, right? We, you know, it's all just how can various entities make the most money. And for me, I don't care about how much those entities make. I just want things that entertain me. And so I would be very happy if, you know, the Premier League drops down to 18 teams. They have a few less games a year. If we have, you know, fewer random cup games. Uh, if we have a Champions League that is all knockout and not group stage, that would all be fine with me. I would be more entertained, I think. And that would just leave more time for, you know, a little, a international, little international football. football. I mean, just to be clear... <laughs> While that seems like the right way to handle this, cutting down the size of the league is a good idea. If you go from uh, 20 teams to 18 teams, that means every weekend you've got nine games instead of 10, which means the Premier League is losing 10% of their TV revenue uh, because they can't sell that extra game. That I mean, everything's about these all these entities leveraging where they're making their money, right? But, I mean, how Premier many people league. are actually watching that 10th game outside of, you know, Norwich and Newcastle when they play each other. But it's it must be part of the bundle that they're selling to Sky Sports or whatever. Yeah, I just feel like they're mostly buying the City, Liverpool, United, even the Spurs games they're buying. They're not buying <laughs> they're not buying Watford, you know. Not for long. Not for long they're not buying those games. <laughs> um one thing I, I did find interesting about this survey is they, they did some little age cross tabs. And when you get down to like um to the, to the young folks, people even younger than us, uh, 18 to 24, the appeal for... It's hard to imagine. Hard to imagine, hard to imagine. especially after that soccer talk. I talked about how young I was. <laughs> but people between 18 and 24 were like nearly split between a two-year World Cup and a four-year World Cup. Uh, and so to me, this just shows... I mean, the fact that, that FIFA is doing this kind of survey work, this is going to happen at some point, Right. It's like the same as as the expanded World Cup that you know went from thirty two, the perfect number of teams, to forty eight, an imperfect number that just makes more money. Like this is gonna happen. It's just a matter of if it happens in five years or if it happens in thirty years. But I feel like once FIFA gets their towns into something, it's hard to stop. That demographic doesn't really understand how time works anyway, so <laughs> um, that's not it's not a fair question. I think it's interesting that, uh, you know, about 11% of the people said every year, about 30% said every two, only 14% said every three, and then bumped up to 45 every four. What's wrong with every three years? Yeah. People just don't want an odd year World Cup? Come on. Three seems like really pretty reasonable, actually. Then you I can would... have a World Cup, and then you have your, your Euros and your Continental Tournaments, and then you still have a, a year off, right? I mean, that actually makes some sense. Oh, everything's on a three-year cycle? Yeah. Sure. I would take that. Dan, the great compromiser. Yep. There you go. I figured it out. Let me call Arsene Wenger. How much do you think Wenger hates Alexi Lawless? Oh, I I just, I don't even know. Like, could I, I would love to be in a room with the two. And, I mean, just, do you remember how much, like, Michael Bollock hated Alexi Lawless when they... <laughs> Uh, when they were oh, everyone hates on, Alexi Lawless. Well, it was just like the two of them. You could tell were just like I hate, I hate you, I hate everything <laughs> there is about you. Uh, and then Wenger would just be even worse. He just probably uh, refuses to be in the same room with him. I, I imagine. 
Yeah. I do like part of me wants to be in the same room as those two, but a larger part of me doesn't want to be in any room with Alexi Lala. So I still wouldn't be in that room. <laughs> yeah. I like what? to see like a highlight video of their time together. I don't need to see the whole thing. <laughs> what advice do you think Lawless provided? Like, what do you think he said? It, it had to have been something like, uh, uh, they are wearing their national team jersey and every player should want to wear that all the time. It, they should want to play every week to represent their country, blah, blah, blah. Uh, bullshit, bullshit. American Eagle. Uh, like, we're the best. I'm an American and I hate everything else. He, he definitely said all that. Uh, that's very much within his, his right of way. Uh, he definitely also said, I know how a World Cup can change someone's life. I lived it. We should be changing more lives. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that's definitely that. something that he offered up, probably multiple times. Yeah. Vanger's like, we need to turn this guy's mic off. <laughs> Guys, breaking news. Jason Sudeikis wins uh, Outstanding Lead Actor. Let's go. Yeah. Ted Lasso. Great show. Unbelievable. Do you have any issue with the fact that they only is 15,008 uh, a large enough sample size um, to, to gather enough information about whether or not we should, especially if it is status quo, 45% more frequent, 55%. Is that a large enough sample size? Do we need, a, uh, do we need more people sampled? I'm pretty sure if you run the stats, it will say that 15,000 respondents, you can tell the difference between a 45th percentile and a 30th percentile. The okay. margin of error is smaller than the differences in the responses here. I'm pretty sure. Do you think they meant to do 15,000 and that um, somebody got a little carried away? <laughs> Lawless, Lawless uh, voted three times. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but the bigger question is how they chose who their respondents were, right? Are these all people in the national federations that stand to earn more money? I guess they said they're fans, but... Uh, uh, yeah the exactly the demographic being sampled is the bigger question than the statistics on the sample size i think yeah yeah i uh i don't i don't trust i don't trust fifa even though i am nominally in support of what they're doing here <laughs> this i think maybe we've talked long enough about this any, <laughs> any last thoughts Ugh, don't do it this is a terrible idea less it is. less spurs more brazil versus france Uh, mike's in support of super clubs i think (laughs) yeah i mean this actually since you brought it up even though i just said we're gonna stop talking about it it feels like the exact same thing as a super club it's just some group of people who want to make more money and are trying to leverage and threaten to do something uh it's not going to happen at least in the near term i don't think but you know does fifa get another international window out of it or something like maybe that's all that's going to happen. I I do actually. Uh, Oh, I was just going to say, I, one thing that I think FIFA really should do, uh, and, and COVID has really shown how this could work and the kind of potential pitfalls in a world where maybe we have more, uh, outbreaks and viruses is, is just say, all right, we're going to have a whole month of international qualifiers and just do it all at once instead of all these little breaks. I think that could actually be really fun. Um, I mean, you know, it would take a lot of shuffling and get a, you need a lot of handshakes, but I think 
everyone at the end of the day might actually prefer that uh, than like the current system of, all right, everybody fly off, you know, fly 5,000 miles and then have a game two days later. And then, you know, after the, you know, fly 5,000 miles back and have another game two days later. It just seems like that's such a bad idea if yes. if you think about it and even COVID aside and now with all the 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 rules about you know people not being able to play in quarantines and whatnot it's like just say all right you know uh march is going to be international friendlies month and we're going to put it on hold or do it whatever do it at the beginning of the season or the end of the season or wh- whatever you want to do uh but that just seems like it could be really fun i like that i like this idea something me and palmer can finally agree on <laughs> Found it. Uh, that's your FIFA news. Premier League, there were some games this weekend. Uh, Palmer, how badly do you want to talk about Tottenham? I just I just want to say that uh, we have taken a crash landing on Mars. We'll be returning back to Earth. Um, we are not very good. Um, and this season is going to be a long one. But I still like Nuno. I want to give him a chance. And maybe there will be some bright bright spots in a in a year in which we probably finish mid table. So uh Tottenham currently in seventh, Everton in sixth. Nice little start to the season, although Colin would point out that they uh only have good results against poor teams, so fair enough. Manchester City in fifth, just behind Brighton. Mike. Brighton? Brighton. I was talking to someone at the aforementioned soccer game. Uh, and they literally said, oh, yeah, that team that's doing really well this year, they beat Leicester. Uh, so now they're doing even better. And I think that really shows how Brighton has taken hold of America. Yep. That, that one team that is surprising. You know, um, Spurs were, I think, let me just do some quick research. Uh, Brighton's Boy. manager is currently... Graham Potter. Uh, Graham Potter and Spurs were in the market for him. Uh, obviously, it did not work out. Um, and they got Nuno. Definitely their second or third choice. Um, I was not excited about Graham Potter being the manager. That goes to show you what I know. I still think that Brighton will come back. Regress to the mean. Um, but a couple good wins. I mean, the only team they've lost to is Everton, so it does say something about Everton there. They're beating top four teams left and right. It's amazing. Um, Manchester United on a three-game winning streak, uh, which I think coincides with the landing of their big summer signing. Uh, Cristiano Ronaldo's back. He now has... Who? Who? (laughs) Uh, Four goals in three games. Uh, When this all happened, we thought that it might not be a great signing palmer were we just wrong is he like still amazing early doors on this guy dan early doors we'll we'll see uh Most transfers don't work out yeah he he had a goal today that i it looked kind of pedestrian he like had this kind of very fancy flick on a cross uh fabianci had to react to it uh, ended up getting a uh, a rebound and then you know tap in, um, but the flick to create that was just like the man is incredible. Um, 
it hurts me to say it's pretty fun to watch him. Um, and he's, I don't even know how old he is, but uh, it's just, it's insane how good he is. He's just a machine. It's a great signing so far. We'll see how long this lasts. Um, I do think that we discussed a couple weeks ago about United finishing second, and the reason why they have finished second um, has been because of uh, their inability to kind of win games that they should win, so they'll end up drawing against teams that they should probably win. I think if you think back to, like, I think they drew to Southampton. Um, Today felt like it was going to be a game that they were going to draw, and they end up getting a late goal um, from, uh, I think it was Lingard, uh, mm-hmm. And then, like, huge penalty save from um, De Gea. Uh, and they end up winning this game. So it feels like that kind of the tide might be turning a little bit um, where they're getting those those important three points and not uh, finishing with draws. So we'll see. We'll see if this, this continues. Um, all of the attention is on Ronaldo, so maybe that takes a little bit of pressure off everybody else. But um, we'll see. Yeah, I mean, I feel like they haven't haven't beaten anyone great with him, but you know, you look across across town, City dropping points at home to Saints. So, you know, getting three points when you're supposed to get three points is a big part of being champions. City dropping three points to Saints in a zero zero game and getting no shots on goal in the entire game. So, Tiki Taka, it's yeah. just beautiful, beautiful soccer. So much fun, <laughs> right? I haven't watched City at all this year. Maybe they're super fun, but as long as Pep Guardiola is the coach, I will assume that it's boring and not worth watching. They're a blue Should line, talk- a blue line team. You have to respect that. <laughs> <laughs> Should we talk? Mike would be great in a Pep Guardiola team. Oh Should we God. talk about uh, the Mark Noble penalty save? Yeah, um, yeah. It it's just I, it feels like we didn't learn anything from the Euro final, like. So Don't. just to set it up quick, yeah. Uh, West Ham get a penalty in stoppage time. It's going to be effectively the last kick of the game. Uh, uh, the manager for West Ham, David Moyes. Everton Moyes, subs on uh, Mark Noble, who's like Mark this Noble. old West Ham veteran. It's a great story if he sinks it, gets a, gets a point against. I mean, it's a great story, but he's not warmed up. He hasn't <laughs> run yet. He's like... He's just subbing on to take this penalty kick, uh, and it gets saved by De Gea. Not a not a great penalty, not terrible, but not a great penalty. No, uh, I mean sorry. it was a, ahead, it, it was a savable penalty. It was where the keeper likes it. The like the um, degree of difficulty goes up because De Gea reacted so quickly to where Noble was going that he had to reach back a little bit um, to save it. It's just, did we not learn anything from the Euros? Like, don't have uh, the players that you want to take a penalty have that be their first touch of the game? Like, this just doesn't, It it's so stupid. It just was, as soon as I texted, I was texting my brother, as soon as Mark Noble came on and he grabbed the ball, I was like, De Gea saves this. This is stupid. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I hate uh, it. it- it was also a little bit of ball don't lie for me, not because the penalty itself wasn't a penalty, but because United had not gotten at least one that I saw and maybe two, according to the commentary, uh, like pretty nailed on penalties that had not been given. 
So I was not upset to see the save just because the uh, the kind of karmic, you know, bit of it. Yeah, it's fair. But they it was Ronaldo that uh, it was reviewed. So, you know, he's a diver. So his uh, reputation preceded him. Is, uh, is the Haya back? I feel like, you know, he was great for so long. Then he had a little, you know, he's had a few years that have been less than stellar. But now, nice little penalty save. Feel like, uh, are we seeing, you know, the resurgence of De Gea, goalkeepers? I, you know, he's probably. I feel like a a keeper's peak is like right at this age. So maybe he's, maybe he never reached his peak. Maybe he's getting there. I don't know. We'll see. Maybe he just needed some defense in front of him. Yeah, I mean, for the longest time, he was probably United's MVP. And I think he was voted MVP of the season of their team multiple years in a row. So yeah. um, now that he has some some defense and maybe some goal scoring prowess in front of him, like we'll see. I I do this this United team is strong. I uh, yeah. I might. My daughter was wearing a uh, Spurs jersey, and um, I texted my brother to see if he could get her a United jersey because. <laughs> <laughs> I just feel sorry for her. <laughs> they do seem strong. And, you know, off the bench, they've got Jaden Sancho uh, coming on, Jesse Lingard coming on, uh, unused Anthony Martial. Like, they, we talked about it a little bit last week, I think, but they just feel, like, really stacked now. Yeah. They did lose in the midweek to Young Boys on a pretty horrendous mistake by Lingard. But, um, you know. Good point. Good point. Nobody's perfect. <laughs> uh, what else, guys? What else? Man, that's all I got. That's all I got. DC United with a with a tough tough loss this weekend. I actually sat down to watch DC United, and you know this is how they reward me. So that's why I only watch international soccer. Club soccer is for for idiots. <laughs> uh, the Timbers just won against LAFC uh, at home. So can't wait to go watch the second half highlights of that and see how Bob Bradley reacted. He is such a whiner. They come to Portland and f- and fail to win, and he just complains about the turf or the ref or the you know time wasting. He's such a whiner. Facility. Can't wait, uh, Bob Bradley. Tell me why you're upset. The Timbers are back, like David David De Gea is back, baby. Let's go. Let's go, Dyron Espria. Who knew? Dyron, Dyron, all this Dyron. time. Oh man. That's it. That's our MLS coverage for the season. Yep. Enjoy. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> oh, good to see you guys. Hope everyone's doing well. Fantastic. Stay happy. Much Stay love. safe. It's a nice Robert J, if you made it all the way again, congratulations. Good Adam, on you. If you're here, Adam, great to have you be, here. I would be shocked <laughs> if Robert J is still here. <laughs> Can't wait to find out. Uh, thanks, Cliff. Uh, he, Palmer's out of here. Thanks, Cliff. <laughs> thanks, <Bye>. Cliff. <laughs>